Hey, Rich. Hey, Paul. What was your undergrad degree in? Political science. I was English. English literature. That makes sense. You're a wonderful writer. That's nice. That's Thank you. Thank Did you, you learn that. how to write in college? I learned quite a bit. I had a creative writing minor. I was absolutely destined to be unemployable. Um, I was going to say. We you joked, went for it. We joked about it even then. Liberal arts and colleges. Uh, but, you know, here I am. I, I got my English degree. Guess guess what I just read in the New Yorker. Here we go. Name. Uh, let me guess. Um, the Morgan Library is going through a renovation. They're always getting renovated. I mean, you have to. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, uh, it's, it, it's in the trust. It is. <laughs> Every five years, you got to redo the Morgan Library. Renovating. Uh, no, it turns out that it's hard times for the English degree. The numbers are in free fall. In fact, people are kind of done with the humanities when it comes to the college. Define the humanities. Well, let's do that. All right, so Ziadi and Ford Advisors, let's talk about this. So humanities, uh, history, um, uh, political science might end up in there. It depends. Sociology, there's a few that are kind of on the edge. They got a little science, got a little, they got, might have like a science in the name, but you know, literature, history, women's studies, art, um, art, yeah. not art history, not art necessarily history. art. Not like, you know, like, cause I might want to go be, because there's also the art, like at SVA, where I'm going to go be an illustrator. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So that, those are doing okay. But like the, I went to college to broaden my interests and I and to learn about how the world works in, mm -hmm. in a very like meta way. I took four years. I read the great books. Uh, those are down. You know, they they started to collapse. You know, a decade ago, they've always been up and down, and now, big trouble. Uh, the the numbers aren't coming back. People aren't majoring in English. According to this article. Okay. The, the departments are shrinking. Mm. And mm. so... So they, they explain why. There isn't like a consistent thesis in the piece where I'm like, okay, yeah, that really explains it. My take on it, you know, the, one of the professors that they talk to at Harvard is like, well, you know, I got a smartphone. I, I barely read five books a year anymore or whatever. It wasn't like he, he used to read like five books a month. And now mm. he's like, I, I look at my phone. Right, right, right. Like, which so, is real. That's real, right? And so I think, you know what I'll, I'll say it is for me, what I think it is, there was a sort of, and, and the article hints at this, there was a kind of post-GI Bill, like, everyone should go to college, America, we're going to be that shining city on the hill, everybody should pursue their interests, and we're going to figure it out as we go. Yep. And then I think there was, starting in the 90s, an absolute reassertion of like a kind of hardcore market dominance in the world. Mm. And mm. the idea that you could live a modest life thinking thoughts and focusing on the things that you truly love yeah, uh, kind of went out. It just didn't, mm. didn't stick in there. It wasn't, mm. wasn't something that it turned out as a society that we were going to double down on. Right grants for artists, National Endowment for the Humanities, all those kind of organizations. Gave got, way to like just professional ambition. Professional ambition. And you know what? We have a marketplace of ideas and we're yeah. going to just get out there. And, we're, and so I think that like, uh, I think that what's happened is that you can still, you can still go get an English degree if you want one. I, I have to be frank. Well, I, this is, I, I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, 
whenever I see like someone that is majoring in the humanities, I assume their parents are wealthy. Not always the case, but there's, it's not a bananas assumption. And I, I think you can almost take the negative, which is whenever you see the child of a recent, a family that maybe a first generation immigrant. Yeah. Go be a doctor or a lawyer. They're not being pressured to get a poetry degree. No. Get a job. There, it just, that is the, there is, and you have that American narrative. Your dad was like, go be a lawyer. You seem smart. He was telling me to be a lawyer from the time I was 10 years old because they see it as a, as a, an escape hatch out of the circumstance. Right. And the circumstances is kind of like I'm working at a bodega or I own a little store, but I'm kind of making it a lawyer, somebody who has a house, they have a savings account. My dad was a craftsman who refused to teach me his trade. Interesting. Right. He just, he wanted it to stop there. Yeah. He's like, you could do better than this. Like, this is, you know, I'm using my hands. You're a smart guy. Go get a law degree. And he, you know, he'd watch Matlock. Yeah, and yeah. Perry Mason. He's like, you're, you're a very convincing face. I, what he didn't know is that 99% of lawyers are in the library and writing briefs. Or, like, or just like corporate they're, contract They're not, law, they're not yeah. trial lawyers. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, yeah, education was about social and economic mobility. Well, and into, solidly into the middle class, maybe with a little opportunity. That was his, that was his hope that you know you could you could do well there. Yeah. Look, I, I think what's difficult is so first of all, if you're very successful in the humanities, there are not solid, well understood career paths for you. So there is, I want to be a writer, right? I always wanted to be a writer. I never assumed I could be, so I always had like a couple plan Bs going. I was good at computers and so on and so forth. Yeah, and and you wanted to be a writer because you love to write. Love to write. Not, oh, I can make a good living doing this. Never assumed I could make a living ever. Ever? No, no. Terrible job. Terrible job. Yeah. Okay. So I think like this is, there's a, there, there's sort of avocation and vocation. My father used to say this to me and my father was an English professor. Oh, okay. Uh, He came of age in an era where you went to the Korean War. Yeah. Came back, had the GI Bill, right? Ended up with like a grad degree in fiction because why not? You're yeah. smart, yeah. And then without getting a PhD, teaches you can just go get a job at like a good state college, yep, and and be in the union and sure. teach for your life, yeah. So that path is no longer available. Well, that's the thing. All that infrastructure I just described and the full professorship and sort, it's just gone. It's adjuncts. There are there's an oversupply. Yeah. I didn't know that university was about creating a well-rounded individual till I got to university. Got till I got to college. I didn't know that was a thing. What did you think college was? I, I, I grew. I we grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, not the most stable circumstances. Um, all I saw uh, around college was that you built better skills to get a better job. That was my whole understanding of college. I was also a mess. Uh, I was a little bit of a mess in high school. I got left back. I, w- I just had an authority problem. I still have that authority problem, but now I'm older, so I don't have to worry about it as much. Now you're the authority. Now I'm the authority a little bit. Um, and, you know, guidance counselor wrote me in. I think I was like profiled as like, you know, drugs or troubled youth or whatever. Sure. And they're like, sign this piece of paper and you start Brooklyn College in three days. And I was like, 
Really? That's God all I have to do? Bless Brooklyn College. CUNY, uh, City University yeah. of New York. It was like $300 a semester. I will always be a fan. Let me tell you the best part of Brooklyn College. Okay. And frankly, CUNY, uh, CUNY because, um, uh, which is what, something called the core curriculum. Ten classes that you had to take no matter what your major was. Okay. And they included things like geology, sure. philosophy. Um, uh, it just ran the gamut. Okay, so you're not going to be reading poetry the whole four years you're here, but you're damn well going to read a poem or two. You're going to read a poem or two. Okay. And the core curriculum, which just, you know, was like half your credits almost. It was, it was actually, as far as community college and state colleges go, it was very well regarded. And I found it annoying at first. Because it felt like I was back in high school and I had to go to chemistry. Yeah. But two years in, I was like, I see what this is. And I understand what this is. And this isn't about me getting a job only. Um, it was about me being someone that saw the world a certain way and with wider eyes than just going and working, buying groceries, and going home. They're literally saying to you, okay, you live in a society even though you may not even be aware that you do. So I need to show you right. this society. And then at year two, you went, oh, yeah, this is why you, you wanted me to see this. I started to enjoy it. Of course. Because I was, I was... I was so wrapped up in myself and home at, during high school that I all my learning happened in, in, in undergrad, in college. I excelled. I, I won awards. I was like top of my class in, in political science, even though I wasn't going to tell you how ignorant I was. Political science, I thought, was a good stepping stone for law school. Well, you, I, that, was the, that was the path in front of you. You were told, go be a lawyer. Actually, a lot of people say English major. English majors often make really good lawyers. Often make really good lawyers. There's actually a lot of English majors all through the uh, computer industry because communication ends up being a huge part of it. Let me ask you something. Okay. Does this decline happen without the internet? Look, there's a few things. First of all, it's always up and down. I remember getting my English degree and there were conversations about how English degrees were in decline. Uh, <laughs> it is... No, look, uh, look, the science is, you know... Poetry is is a lot of things. It doesn't cure cancer. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't get shoes made more cheaply. Yep. Uh, the yep. things that incentivize human beings. Human beings want a nice house and they they like a a piece of meat. But they but, always like that. Why wasn't there a decline in the '60s? You're saying because there was infrastructure, because the GI Bill was around, there was support systems in place to let you go go and meander as into far, the humanities. The way that society sees the humanities, yep. is as luxury. Right. It is, is it luxury? No. What is it? It's necessity is what you're saying. What it, it's you need perspective in all things. Mm. And you need different perspectives and you need a toolkit that will allow you to have those different perspectives. I would say one of the things that makes me an extraordinarily good entrepreneur in partnership mm. with you mm. is that I bring 20 different perspectives. Yes. So the conversations we have. Yes. Yes. Is that part of me of necessity? Sure. That's part of who I am. Is that absolutely enhanced? And was that affirmed by my career in the arts? Absolutely. Yeah. I learned that people see things lots of different ways. And then there was one point where I went, you know what? If I take this part of my brain and I apply it to business over here where people are making money, that's going to be really interesting. And that's as far as I could take it. 
I mean, that was your instinct, not mine. Yes. Which was, you, you looked at me and you said, you are an operator. I knew that you understood money and you were smart and I liked you. I knew a lot of people who understood money who were yeah. either dumb or mean. Right. And you were smart and nice. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go over here and I'm going to look into the freaking game. There is a wonderful short story writer. His name is George Saunders. He writes uh, these. Know, okay. Him. Yeah. And so these very sort of ironic, uh, hilarious stories. And, and the stories are all about capitalism, just mm. sort of like, mm. and it's, he nails aspects of just the bleakness. Like, yeah. In a very funny way. And there's this point where he describes um, having jobs and like, I think he's raising his kids. It's in the New York Times article, Profile of Him. And he's like, I had stared in the gaping maw of capitalism and I said to myself, sir, I want no truck with you. I want no what? Truck with you. I'm going to just, I'm going to go, I'm going to get the hell out of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever yeah. this is, right? And and my reaction was different. I was like, I want to understand what that maw is all about. What's... I, I, I think you came at it like like a bit like an anthropologist. I did. Uh, you're like, let me see what's happening inside here, right? Uh, like, I think there was a part of it. Here is my, so my great betrayal in the humanity. So I'm a natural humanist. My dad was a professor. Now my, my family kind of fell apart. I didn't have a lot of money. But I definitely had an understanding that if one wanted to just focus on texts, that was okay. I wasn't letting anybody down. It wasn't like I was letting my parents down. They just kind of weren't paying attention. Yeah, I mean, your parents didn't say go be a doctor. No, nobody said anything. They're like, you'll figure it out. You, you, you didn't speak to them about this. Yeah, no, no, no. I was like, I think I'll be an English major. They're like, oh, cool. Okay, that yeah. was the extent of it. They were both experimental poets. It wasn't a stable childhood, but it was. You know, I was very, very different. Than any, mine, anything yeah. that I wanted to pursue seemed fine. And, yeah. You know, it wasn't like there wasn't a path towards happiness or stability. Sure. but you could certainly go and figure it yeah. out yourself. I want to over-index on, on something you said um, because it sounds like we're just talking about our lives, but I think you're touching on something pretty important here. Uh, a little while ago, you said that I wanted to understand all the other perspectives. Yes. And I, I think what, what we have right now are experiences and tools and technologies that... Uh, make it very difficult to pause and understand other perspectives. It's right? actually seen as a sin. Right. So you basically, I, you know, let's take a look at Twitter is always the canonical example, but Twitter is like the giant text box that everybody falls into. Right. Yeah. And there's kind of two camps on, yeah. on Twitter and you don't even know what they are. You know them by what the other people call them. Yeah. One, one camp has the, the, the woke, mind virus okay yeah. that's the yeah. you know that's the sort of like lefty group i tend to fall more on that side yeah the other camp is maga yeah okay yeah. and that's that's this extreme stereotyping of both sides and right? you kind of pick one side and then there's a constant set of rules that are always being evolved on yeah. both sides yeah, yeah yeah you know marjorie taylor green is calling for a national divorce of red states and blue states right now mm -hmm. and on the on the other side there's always some special refinement of of what it means to be progressive and how you should apologize right, right. And so it's infinite, and that's humans. That's just how we are. Like, I'm making fun of it, but that's yeah. who we are. No, but there is a... Go ahead. Finish so, your thought. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It, uh, I mean, it's it's dumb, and, and it's funny. 
I, I know some people on both sides. Sure. And they often share links to things and stuff that all it does is just throwing another piece of wood on the fire for them to just kind of keep it going. And the thing that they can't hear, nobody seems to be able to hear. And by the way, I don't think it's only dumb people. I think this system of polarization is incredibly compelling and incredibly deceptive. Uh, no, I, let me be really clear. I don't mean that the people are dumb. The world is like when, there's there's a yeah. joke I made that that whenever you add anybody to a group, you can subtract one IQ point. So when you have a national election in the United States, it's a negative 150 million IQ event. That sounds about right. 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 Like it, it's just people together tend to just become more and more this blobby mob. I, I think I think the way to put it, and and this can land, this can bristle people on all sides equally, is that what has taken hold today is. An intolerance. Yes. The word is intolerance. And you, a progressive can't tell me, well, I'm very, uh, well, I'm very tolerant because the venom is equally poisonous in either direction coming out. And that, I think, is what, for me, college was about, was gaining that perspective That's and gaining right. that understanding. Look, the political science department at Brooklyn College was... About as left leaning no, no, as you're gonna go. Literally communists. Like, literally like, communists. Like world experts in Marx they, inside of Cooney. One of my classes had us reading the Port Huron statement, which is literally like Constitution 2.0. Yeah. From like Connecticut sure. in the 60s. Sure. Like it was it was uh Tom Hagen. Oh yeah. Like very progressive stuff. Not and, just not just progressive, like overthrow America revolution. Yeah, 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 like everything is wrong. Yes. And I as uh but I, I have to say some of the most valuable conversations I had were pushing back because I couldn't believe I was in America. Right. Oh, I yeah, couldn't oh. believe hold on. They're telling me everything is wrong, and my semester at university was $300. Yes. I couldn't believe I yes. was where I was. And so I'd get into these debates with them, and they liked me. And I won the political science award for my class that year. Hey, look, a lot of it, my dad had a saying. It's like, if you're upset with someone and you really, you really need to give them a talking to, never do it in front of other people. Yeah, that's right. Like, because when you do it in front of other people, you're shaming them in front of others. And they're going to lash back at it's you. It's real. If you take someone aside and you say, I think this needs to change, they're like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. If you do it in front of someone else, they're like, let me tell you the 25 things about you. Exactly. Yeah. And what the internet is, is 500 million people. It is 500. It is. It, and that's the whole point of it. <laughs> you got it wrong. Me saying to you, you got it wrong in front of 500 million other people. Let me take this in a funny direction, and I'll tell you why an English degree is worthwhile, and why why, and then we should talk about why this. Sorry, is Paul, we seem to have run out of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to rich, yeah. I'm on the train. There's posters uh, all over for Shen Yun. You know what Shen Yun is? It's a dance performance. It gets advertised everywhere in New York City. It's called China Before Communism. Shen Yun 2023. It's like the same people who are behind Falun Gong. I don't know what that is. That's a, it, it's they're anti the current government of China Got in the it. US. And so they they fund these kind of cultural exhibits. I think it should be something that is 
prioritized because I think it is an antidote to a lot of the mechani- the polarizing mechanisms that we live with today. I think that's real. And how do you do it? How are you going to do it? I think it starts, frankly, in high school. See, the problem is we have a, the way that we fund education, the way that we operate culturally, nobody wants to do this. They want to they keep it polarized. I get it. I totally get it, and I understand it. Um, but you're saying there's a moral imperative here. I mean, you said it before, and it sounded loftier than you probably meant it, but um, we can all pursue our ambitions, but also be decent people who can empathize with other people. I think the humanities is grounded in that in a lot of ways. Well, empathy is, is core, right? Like that you're going to read and participate in things and connect to them, even though the people who created them are imperfect or even sometimes awful. But you're going to figure something out about being a human this way. We are staring at the other side through the same lens 24 hours a day. Yeah. And that you can't dislodge. Families have been torn apart it's real. through this kind of polarization. Your brain just gets smaller and smaller. You start to just, come, you, you become a set of rules and, and routines. You can't stomach another perspective. You get, you, you get vis, like viscerally nauseous at the idea of another of something else that's con- contrary to how you see the world. It's kind of insane. That's true. I know really, really smart people who lose their minds when you give them an opinion. I went to a holiday event once with a, with a family, and uh, I, I named the magazine that I worked for, and a guy, like, turned his back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. And you're just like, I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just here I'm just, to have some yeah. fruitcake. Like, yeah, I exactly. Just, exactly. But okay. Okay. Yeah. Right? Um, I think we gave advice on this episode to the world. What Paul. would you say if your if uh, your son or daughter is like, I think I'm going to give an English degree? That's fine. Yeah, I know me too. That's fine. We'll I'm figure it. We'll figure don't it. I have out. a problem with that. Last thought, just to kind of uh, punctuate everything we've been saying, you want to look at the other extreme of like extremely controlled education and information that's given to people. Just go look at some of the worst countries in the world. That's exactly what they. It's state censored, controlled information, and people are like just hungry for anything else. This is, you know, what happens is you say that and then like a million people are immediately like, America does its own propaganda, but it's nothing like Putin on the, when they do like celebrations in Russia. We all have our flaws, right? But if... If I want another perspective, I can go get one pretty easily. You can. You are are one web search away from a totally different perspective at any given time. People are seeking it out less and less, and that's why I think we have to embed it in education, but yes. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we we solved it, and we solved the American education crisis. Good for us. I mean, this was a doozy. (laughs) Play this one back over again. Send it to, I don't know who the head of education is. Oh, I don't want to go deal with a bunch of academics. That's exhausting. They're fine. Okay. Um, if you have any questions, hello at ZiotiFord.com. Follow us on at ZiotiFord on Twitter and give us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.